0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Gospel this morning is the important one concerning the identity of Christ. We have identity politics, we have identity theology. Christ is not interested in learning who he is from other people. He is interested in what other people believe that he is. Who is he? And that is very much a part of the feast of Saints Peter and Paul. Since their identity depends entirely on the identity of the God-man. After Christ knocks St. Paul the Apostle to the Gentiles off his horse... And speaks to him, St. Paul, who had been on his way to Damascus in order to find and destroy Christians, experiences a life changing alteration, a 180 degree turnaround. And after preaching Christ publicly, Paul then goes to the apostles and communicated to them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain, unquote. He has spoken with Christ. He needs also to speak with the apostles. And the reason is that the apostles, their faith what they believe to be the case concerning Jesus Christ is the gold standard of Christian truth. Paul will become one of the apostles and of course one of the most prominent but this category of apostleship becomes a badge of high standing in the Church which will bestow the title equal to the Apostles on any number of men and women. As we all know, Christianity does not begin with a book. It begins with deliberated action, Christ does not say, take, read, this is my book, but rather take, eat, this is my body, and drink ye all of this, this is my blood. So defining is this central action that when, after the resurrection, Christ falls in with some disciples on their way to Emmaus, they won't recognize him until that moment when he takes bread and blesses it, until, in other words, they recognize the stranger in the light of the Eucharist. So there is always this provoking action. (coughs) There is experience. And then, after the experience, there is discussion about it. And then evangelists begin to write things down. And the letters of leading apostles, above all, again, St. Paul, are gathered up into collections. And it is these collections which will become, after some time, our New Testament. But it is apostolic activity and apostolic experience and apostolic memory and apostolic preaching and apostolic letters, all of which precede the creation of a canon of Scripture which composes the actual content of faith. This pre-New Testamental period in the life of the Church, this pre-documented period, has as its fundamental content what is known in theological schools today as the apostolic preaching, which points to the definitive place the Church assigns the lives and activities of the Twelve and preeminently today's Peter and Paul, and also points to the indispensable character of what has been passed down to us in the form of the actual faith of the apostles. Before it is our faith, it is theirs. Christ himself has already pointed to this apostolic destiny, if you will, in his famous questions to this very group of men in today's gospel. Who do men say that I am? And then, Who do you say that I am? What the common view of Christ was that was going around Palestine was one thing. But it is what the apostles themselves believed, what the content of their own faith was, that was an entirely different matter, as Christ himself makes clear. It falls to Peter to answer Christ's penetrating question in behalf of all the apostles with his Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Christ then invokes a blessing, and a name change, on Peter "'Blessed art thou, Simon ben Jonah,' and goes on to say that flesh and blood hath not revealed this ultimate truth to Peter, but that the Father has directly inspired Peter to know the truth and to put it into words. And then, to make the point of our feast today as clear and as significant as it can be made, the pre-eternal Logos of the Father, the second person of the All-Holy Trinity, the God-Man, Jesus Christ, says, And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, Petros in Greek, and upon this Petros, this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Of course, the rock referred to is the Greek word Petros, and the content of that rock is Peter's divinely revealed confession of the actual identity of Jesus, the Son of Mary. No wonder that in the definitive Nicene Creed, the Church will be one, holy, Catholic, that is, comprehensive, and apostolic, These are the fundamental creedal beliefs of the Church concerning Christ, and being apostolic is one of these fundamental bedrock marks of the Church. The other, of course, being St. Paul's own definition of the Church, which he terms the body of Christ, no less. So we are celebrating Peter and Paul, and through them all the apostles. And we have fasted in order to reach this celebration aright. We have fasted to link it to that ultimate sobriety and seriousness that fasting always represents and brings into our deep heart. We do not lose sight of the fact that there were periods during which the apostles, yes, are confused when they fail. And we find Peter failing only a few verses after the ones just quoted in this morning's gospel. Christ refers to his own impending death in Jerusalem as the result of the, quote, many things, unquote, that the elders and chief priests and scribes will do. And Peter will now interrupt Christ with what is literally called in the gospel quote, a rebuke of all things. Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. At which point our Savior and Lord will turn, yes, to that Petros, that rock, and he will rebuke Peter, and strongly, get thee behind me, Satan. And as the apostles will also fail again collectively in the very next chapter, in exercising the boy brought to them by his father, the boy being termed according to the medical terminology of the time, lunatic, moonstruck. And we get to hear the apostles' consternation at having failed to effect that exorcism which they had failed to provide. And after Christ exercises the boy, they ask, Why could we not cast him out? And they learned that prayer, bonded to fasting, is required for certain types of demons. But look, no one erases the apostles' failures from the record in order to glorify them by suppressing inconvenient moments. We see Peter and Paul and we see the twelve in their everyday working clothes, not dressed up. We are told more than once that thus and so happened, but that the apostles had not yet understood something or other. It will be at the glorious descent of the Holy Spirit on this unique group of men at Pentecost that knowledge and understanding in their fullness will be claimed in behalf of the apostles and from Pentecost on things are different and the apostolic preaching that followed upon this descent of the All-Holy Spirit will become normative and indeed scriptural. And that apostolic preaching is based not only on direct personal experience, but after Pentecost, on experience that is also deeply understood. No wonder the Church highlights the feast we celebrate today with a fast as its preface, all the more valuable to us since we are celebrating the feast of men who once failed to deliver a boy from his demons because they had not understood the link between prayer and, yes, fasting. May you and I be effective Christians, effective heirs of the Holy Apostles, May our prayer be bonded to authentic fasting and be empowered to exercise the plague of demons that forever assault us. And may our own personal experience of faith as members of the body of Christ, may our personal experience become a light illumining our own darkness and also strengthening those who are all around us. Amen and Amen.